My comic shop closed seven years ago, but along my journey, I've met other stores with colorful communities all their own. One of those is Fat Moose Comics in Whippany, New Jersey, the oldest in the Garden State. Now, as it celebrates its milestone 40th anniversary, I am speaking with Fat Moose owners, staff, and customers through the years. This is their comic shop history. Welcome to Oldest in New Jersey, a My Comic Shop History event. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. Joining me for part one is the owner, I repeat, owner and savior, some might say, of Fat Moose Comics. <laughs> Look, I can't even get through my introduction. This guy's laughing through it. Sean Hendricks. Savior is a bit of a reach. <laughs> and oldest in New Jersey just makes me feel my age. <laughs> I know it's referring to the store. I get it. But man, especially after a day like today, I'm feeling it. <laughs> well, obviously, if I were naming the event after you, it would have been freshest faced retailer in oh, New Jersey. sure. Listen, not for nothing, pal. I rewatched that little documentary you made that I'm in. And I, I can see that the, the years have not been kind to me. I look at that and I go, oh, yeah, that's before I owned this store. And every day was just a picnic. <laughs> now I look at him like, you know, and you see like a picture of a president as he takes office. And then four years later, and he looks like 20 years later. That, that's, that's what I'm looking at now. So the, the, uh, the documentary is a bittersweet reminder of how cute I used to be. Well, you, you know, you mentioned the passage of time. And we filmed that in the spring and summer, mostly, of 2018. Here we are, early 2022. A lot has happened, personally, professionally, globally. So it's understandable. Hey, I haven't been paying attention. What I miss? <laughs> I know you've been busy. <laughs> it's listen, man. It's so funny because you and I have done other podcasting over the past couple of years. You did an episode of my my comic book club podcast, and we had our little YouTube series comic shop team up that we did for a little while. But the last time you were on my comic shop history proper was 2020 right as the pandemic was getting underway and the last episode we recorded was an epilogue to the my comic shop country documentary film that was all about you taking over as owner of fat moose and we recorded that at your shop early march 2020 and it was all about how excited you were to do all these new things and weeks later everything shut down so i guess my first question is how, how are you I'm I'm good, man. I, I'm I'm fine. There there are moments of of, of panic and moments of dismay, you know, because um, it really is. And I've I've spoken with you know many customers and friends and family about this. It would have been strange enough and difficult enough to take over the store in a regular world, in a normal world, you know. Uh, the store had had some problems that needed fixing, and. Um, and just, you know, leaving the pizzeria after 26 years of working with basically my second family. Just, so just taking over the store in a regular world would have been a challenge. And just learning how to do it and whatnot and dealing with ordering all my books through Diamond Comics. Then the universe went upside down. <laughs> had to close for a couple of months. And, and then, uh, you know, DC broke off from Diamond and went to UCS. And then shortly after that went from UCS to Lunar. And then Marvel now has jumped over to Random House. Um, so, yeah, it's just it, you, you throw everything on top of like, all right, took over this store that was in a little bit of trouble. It needed a little bit of TLC. And then you throw in a pandemic and political upheaval and unrest and comic you know, distributors jumping to all different places. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but look, you're here and you are ushering I'm doing it, man. Fat Moose 
into its 40th anniversary. I know you have a massive celebration planned for the beginning of April. We're going to talk all about that. First, though, I suspect that any regular My Comic Shop History listener and any member of the Fat Moose Herd, they've heard us talk before on your prior appearances. They know your backstory. But in case they need a refresher, or maybe we have someone who's checking out the show for the first time because they were curious about this shop in the Garden State that's celebrating four decades and they wanted to learn more and they're new to you and your shop. Let's do a little previously on Sean Hendricks. So a little How much time you got a little lightning. Let's do this like lightning round style. Tell me how you okay. got into comics. Let's start with that. Getting into comics. In the I first place. don't remember. All and right. we've talked about this, but it really I started at such a young age that you know, everybody's like, oh, I remember my, buying my first comic or reading my first comic with you. It was Death of Superman. It was so long ago and so far away that I don't know. The comics have always just been there. I remember my grandfather used to bring them for me because one of his friends owned a newsstand. But comics were always there. It was never like I discovered them. It's just they just always happened to be there. So no idea how I got into comics. It was just I like to read. The pictures were cool. And that, that's how that started. Like, I wish it was a more exciting backstory than that. But I don't remember a time when I wasn't reading comics. Fair enough. And how about first comic shop experience? Was it Pegasus or was there a shop before Pegasus? You know, I think maybe before Pegasus, my friend's dad brought us to, I think it was the Livingston Mall and there was a shop in there, but I don't remember the name of it or anything. But as far as my first shop that I went to religiously, it was definitely Pegasus in 1986, seven, somewhere around there. Long ago. Um, yeah, that became my, my spot, my happy go-to place. And then I ended up getting a job there when I was out of high school. And then 2002, Pat decided to retire and close a store. And he recommended Fat Moose. He's like, well, you know, this store is a little further away from your house than this place is, but go check it out first. You know, Elon's a friend of mine. And so I went in and, and I hit it off with Elon. So I signed up for a box. Then after a few years of being a customer, Elon hired me to just work Sundays so he could watch the Giants lose mostly. And sorry, Elon. And uh, then he kept me on. He sold it to Scott in 2014. Scott kept me on as an employee based on Elon's recommendation. Scott sold it in 2016 to Matt, who worked here with me. So me and Matt had developed a friendship from working together here. Matt kept me on. End of 2019, Matt wanted to close. He had had enough. He just wasn't digging it. Don't blame him. It's a rough gig. And so I couldn't bear to see it go away. And so I bought it the end and here you are that was that was a terrific encapsulation of your history thus far we'll you know we'll jump back and we'll unpack pieces from that but i'm glad that we were able to lay that out so people have the overview people, you know before we go any further i'm sorry you yeah. know i love to interrupt you it's fine what do you got there just a bottle of water it's a bottle of water it's, yeah that's it yeah oh man with no 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 bourbon nothing really I know. Well, after we do this, I have to record some commercials and I have to do a little little editing for my Superman show and I need to do some comic book reading for my Superman show. So I got a reason to tie one on, friend. I suppose, <laughs> but I got to stay sharp and alert. I know. The night right, is young. Fine. But you I know. Drink alone. I know. I'm sorry. But yes, I, That's I, okay. I have my water. Though usually, usually for the recordings, I will enjoy a, a little cocktail. And I always think of you when I do. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like your little enabler. No, no. Like, have a drink. Have a drink. 
so I, I imagine people probably would hear that story and think that owning a comic shop and owning Fat Moose in particular was something that you always aspired to. They would be wrong, right? Very wrong. <laughs> As we've talked about in the past, the, the original plan, well, I mean, way back when I was a kid, I wanted to be a comic book artist. And I tried and practiced and, you know, and, and turns out I was pretty bad at it. Then I picked up a bass guitar and realized I was pretty good at that. So then the goal became rock star. Which everybody aspires to at some point. And, um, you know, at 49 years old, as we speak, rock stardom has certainly eluded me. I've had some successes, some fun. I've certainly had a good time with it. But, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be, you know, touring, opening for Katy Perry or anybody anytime soon. But owning a comic shop? No, oh, I didn't want to own a comic I liked working at Pegasus and working at Fat Moose because it's all fun. You're not paying the bills. You're not working on the order forms. You're, not, you know. Uh, <clears throat> but taking it over was, you know, what do they call it? The call to action, the hero's journey or whatever. Whatever Joseph Campbell was was writing about. And uh, that was it. It was just, and and we've said it before, but for the new people, both of you, I'll say this. when When the opportunity arose... I sat down with my lovely girlfriend, Nicole, and I said, what do I do? You know, I, I think I got a way to, to take the store over. And she said, look, if you don't try, you're always going to wonder, could I have done something with this store? If you take it over and it succeeds, holy crap, you're your own boss. You, got, you love comic books. You love the whole culture of it. You know, you've got a comic shop. That's great. She goes, and if you take it over and you fail, just blame it on everybody else. Say, oh, the store was so broken. I couldn't even, I couldn't even fix it. You know? So she really encouraged me to do it. And now I think she kind of regrets it sometimes when I'm here 60 something hours a week and I come home exhausted and I just want to pass out on the couch. I think she's, uh, you know, if she could go back in time, maybe she'd give me a different bit of advice. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, that's the thing where our experiences now have diverged. I never bought into or bought fully my old comic shop and as has been discussed at length, you know, that shop closed and it wasn't even a, a converse. It wasn't even something that I would have even considered trying to take over the store, but you know, watching you do that and save your shop and provide that place for the community to stay uh, is really something that I admire, but it, it is a funny thing. It's, it's really fun to work at a comic shop. It's really fun. And that's what I can speak to, you know, you get your comics first, you're surrounded by the product, you're surrounded by people who enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It's great. But yes, I would imagine from what I've seen on my end from Steve and now what I've uh, heard from you and, and so many others. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's serious business for sure. It's a grind, man. It's, it's a definite grind. Uh, the days blend, you know, especially because anytime, let's say there's a new trailer for a movie or a new TV show or a video game or a new announcement for a new book, you're going to have that conversation 30 times a day with different customers. Oh, did you see the new trailer for Moon Knight? And so you have a similar conversation with almost every customer. By the end of the day, you go home, you can't remember what you said to who, you know, I'll, I'll ask they call me did i tell you this thing or that actually like, yeah three times i'm like oh okay you know or um yeah remember when i told you about this She'd be like you, you never told me that so it, it's hard to like compartmentalize talking to everybody and giving everybody the attention that you know that they deserve and that i never want people to walk out of here going yeah he's kind of a dick you know so i really overextend myself to the point where when i worked at pegasus back in the day pat used to uh chastise me 
like you're you're too nice. You're being too nice to the customers. It encourages them to hang out for much longer than they need to be here. He's like, get them in, get their money, get them out. <laughs> and I never learned my lesson because I have people who come in, and especially now with the pandemic, people aren't going out as much or traveling. This is the one happy spot where they can get out of the house or get out of the office. And so they're inclined. And I try to make it very inviting and and cool. And and so it works against me sometimes. And I do have work to do some order forms or something and people come in and they, they make a day of it. And it's almost like, I'll never ask somebody to leave, but there are times when I'm like, I got so much damn work to do, man. And as much as I love you guys, I, I got to, you know, I got to get this done or I got to go home. I haven't, you know, so it, it's, it's a tough. I, I wish I was more like the um, stereotypical grumpy comic shop owner, you know, um, or as uh, he's commonly known, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Steve. But uh, yeah, it's tough because I, I, I want to give everybody a good experience. You know, I'm, I'm, I just get tired. That's all. That's all. I'm an old guy now. So. Well, look, it's a double-edged sword because the that gregarious nature of yours. Yes, and I make it a little challenging when you need to get work done and people want to talk to you, but. I think in large part, you know, a big part of the reason why they come in in the first place and they keep coming back is exactly for that and for that experience and the conversation. And that's what you've cultivated there. Yeah, it, it's always funny because, you know, people, anybody who likes comics and stuff, they'll go to all the shops occasionally, bounce around. Like whenever I'm, I would be out of town, if I was touring with one of my bands, I'd, I'd hit up every shop I could find. And um, I hear a lot of people complain about some shops. Like, oh, I went to shop a b or c and the guy was rude or the guy was weird or the, you know it's like i really never want that reputation i never want somebody to walk out of here going what the hell just happened in there like what was wrong with that guy you know and believe me there's plenty wrong with me i'm just very good at covering it up um i've gone to shops where you almost feel like unwelcome like hey i'm here to buy stuff and they they'll look at you like well, hold on let me put down my magic the gathering cards i'm in the middle of a game but let me uh, find what do you need you know i yeah I, i'm never going to be that guy even on my worst day when i'm having a bad day and i'm tired or cranky I, i'm just very good at slapping on a smile and, and getting through it the drinking helps <laughs> <laughs> but that you know you strike me as someone for whom it comes easy to strike up conversation and engage in that way. Has that always been your nature? Yeah, I got in a lot of trouble in grade school for never shutting my damn mouth. <laughs> um, it's like, seriously, uh, it was a lot of parent-teacher meetings about, look, Sean needs to shut up. We know he's clever and he's always got something funny to say, but you know, we're trying to actually get through a school day here. So, Although in eighth grade, I was voted class clown in the yearbook. I still have the book with the picture with class clown, Sean Hendricks. A, a very proud moment for me not so much for my parents they're like this is what you wanted this are you you're happy now you know this doesn't this isn't going to fly on a you know a college application you can't really fill in you know achievements class clown so but yeah i've always been a bit of a chatterbox for good or ill yeah well like i said it's it's part of this atmosphere that you've created at the store and i know i say this every time we talk or i talk about fat moose but the atmosphere at your shop is the, the closest that I found to alternate realities. And I don't say that at the expense of any of the other stores I've been to. And, you know, I've, I've experienced it at other places and I filmed it at other places. The communities are certainly there, but Fat Moose is closest really in, in terms of that vibe. 
you know, it's it's not that there aren't conversations and friendships at other stores, but there's just something about the the vibe of it at Fat Moose that is very reminiscent. I, I don't know if rowdy is even the right word, but there's just an energy <laughs> to it. There's an energy to it that reminds me of my store. Yeah, I, you know, if I had known, uh, we didn't meet until Steve announced he was closing AR. Otherwise, I would have loved to take a road trip there and check it out. It seems like the kind of place I would have fit right in, you know. Um, but unfortunately, you know, that's how I, how we met was his big announcement on Facebook about, you know, screw the world. I hate you all. Or I'm, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> that's pretty close. That's pretty close. <laughs> that's the t- TLDR version, you know. <laughs> Basically. I mean, for Steve, as we discussed on the podcast at the very beginning, he pinned a lot of his decision to close on delinquent customers, people who had pull lists or ordered special items and didn't come to pick them up. I'm curious for you, what's been the bigger challenge, wrangling delinquent customers or getting new or existing customers to sign up for a pull list? What's What's been the harder <laughs> the harder part? It's, it's definitely the delinquent customers. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, and there's only so much you can do. You call, you leave a voicemail. Sometimes they call back, sometimes they don't. Um, I had one customer who was in every week, like clockwork. And then I didn't hear from him for a few weeks. And I finally called him and he's in the military. I forget which which branch, but he was like, oh, I had to go uh, onto a different base. And I thought it was only going to be a week. And then it turned into a couple of weeks. I really feel bad. I should have called you. I'm coming back in two days. I'll come right by. I'm like, no, come back and get settled. It's, it's cool. We're like, you know that I forgot that you served. So, you know, I should have thought like, oh, maybe you got called to some sort of, you know, um, duty. So that was fine. I have another customer. Honestly, I think I have a customer who may have died. <laughs> it's a younger guy, you know, maybe in his early thirties in every week, like clockwork. Um, we had great conversations, really nice guy. He'd come in sometimes twice a week and be like, oh, what are you doing here? You, you were already in, you got your stuff. He's like, ah, I really got nothing going on today. I figured I'd just come in and Super nice guy. Didn't then he, he disappeared for a few weeks. So I called him and I, I'm never on top of people. Like I, it's been two days. Where are you? You know, I'll give him a few weeks and I called him. I left a voicemail. I don't even know if it's the right phone number. I had it on file, but it just went to like an automated voicemail. Yeah. So I just left a, a message like, Hey, I haven't seen you in a few weeks. I hope everything's cool, man. Let me know what's going on. Didn't hear anything. A couple more weeks go by. So I call again. Same thing. Automated voicemail. And I was like, hey, just check it in. Hope, you know, you didn't get abducted by aliens or something. I always try to make it funny. I'm never uh, accusatory of like, where have you been? I have books for you. It's always like, hey, did you join the witness protection program and forgot to tell me? You know, stuff like that. And still haven't heard from him. And it's been like three months now. Mm. And it got to the point where I stopped pulling books for him. And it broke my heart because he's a really nice guy. And I really, and he'd only been shopping here for a handful of months. And um, he actually lives near me. And there's a comic shop near me that he had been going to, but then he's, he tried out this place and he preferred it to where he switched his pull list to here. I'm not going to divulge names and, and places and things, but he was like, yeah, the comic shop is like, you know, you're an extra like 20 minutes away from the shop I usually go to, but I like this place. I like you. And, but uh, having not heard from it, you never know. You don't know what happened, you know? And, and I'd hate to think something bad and, and God forbid something bad happened where he died or something, it's not like his family's going to think, oh, we should really call his comic shop to let them know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's, it's tricky. It, it's a case-by-case thing with every every customer. Somebody moves and they forget to tell you they're moving. Or, you know, I had a customer years ago before I owned the store who hadn't been in a while. 
And Justin bumped into him at the quick check. And the guy's like, oh, I got a DUI and I lost my license. And he said, well, why didn't you just tell us? We'd hold on to your books. Like, oh, I was embarrassed, you know. So it's, it could be any number of reasons that somebody stops coming in. It sucks, but sure. it's the way it is. That age-old problem. But as far as creating this environment, I'll, I'll pull back the curtain for a moment. I've recorded these episodes out of order. So I've actually already recorded part three, and then I recorded part two, and now uh, I'm recording part you one. Know, what? You know what sucks, man? I was gonna I was gonna bring that up because I know you hate when I jump the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask you about your other episodes that you already recorded. Well, I br- but you beat me to it. You well, broke the continuum on your own. I know. I had a feeling you were gonna do it, so I'm like, I get there first. But no, the thing is, there <laughs> might got me. I wanted to just share that because there might be instances where I want to refer to something from a future episode, and I also I just wanted to give the audience a heads up in case I have knowledge in this episode that then I seem to be surprised by in the subsequent episodes. I'm not losing my mind. I just recorded them backwards. (laughs) (laughs) But when I I had, people will hear my conversation with two of your longtime customers, Phil and Gene, that'll be part three uh, in a couple of months. But we talked about that, how, you know, there has to be something worthwhile to really get someone to invest in making that trip to the comic shop, especially on a regular basis. And we all, myself included, have had experiences where you go into a place and, I mean, it could be that something truly negative happens or it could just be there's really no engagement and then it's just a transaction. And then it sort of begs the question of, well, why am I making the the trip, maybe paying for parking, paying maybe more than I would if I bought it online? You, You have to really be committed to wanting to support the local business, which of course is worthy in and of itself, but to really, I think, engender that long, long-term goodwill that keeps people coming back and keeps that base there. In your case, the fat moose herd, there has to be something. And as we're talking about it, it, it's similar, I think, in a lot of ways to movies. You know, you hear a lot of conversation about this, especially these days about how audiences generally, and especially certain kinds of, of audience goers are less likely to go to the movie theater Right, like you still you'll still see people going out for the big superhero movies because there's that <clears> spectacle and you want to see it on the big screen. There's something about it that and maybe you want to see it with an audience. You want to see everybody cheering when you see the Spider-Man oh, show yeah. up on the screen. Absolutely. But spoilers. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't really? seen it. No. Holy crap. No. I'll wait. It's all right. I got a customer who who is pretty good at getting bootlegs, so if I can get my hands on one, I'll send it your way. That's all right. It's uh this episode that we're recording <laughs> drops uh, February 15th. I think it hits, uh, digital the end of the month. Uh, that, that, that's oh, okay. okay. I did. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but you know, I think but for, yeah, there's that communal, you know, going to the theater. I went to the theater to see that me and Justin opening night and there's just an electricity to it. The vibe, you know, it's like, you know, as a musician playing gigs, I've played to plenty of empty rooms and it's just like, yeah, all right. But then you get some people, even if it's a mostly empty room, but there's two or three people really digging the music and they're dancing and that that amps you up and it's just you share this this energy and uh but that's that's what i try to do here and sometimes i almost get too enthusiastic (laughs) i'll be like pulling a book off the wall like oh man you gotta check this out and this panel he does this but then it goes over to here and and they're like dude i I don't i don't care about that book i'm like yeah but no no, look 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 look." you know (laughs) like i'm just a big kid when it comes to this stuff yeah, but right, it, it is that element of spectacle, whether you're talking about a movie on the big screen or the type of atmosphere that you're creating at the store, because there are these roadblocks to people actually making that investment in coming. 
Uh, again, oh, especially these days. Yeah, sure. And you know, again, movies are an easy example, right? Paying for parking, paying for uh, concessions. Maybe you have to find childcare to go out. You know, there's a lot. Oh, you don't pay for concessions. Yeah. I smuggle crap in all the time. <laughs> Kidding. I'm the guy in the, in the middle of the summer with a winter coat on because the pockets are stuffed with Twizzlers and snow caps and, you know, no, I typically don't do that. I, I mean, I quite enjoy the Alamo draft house is our go-to theater and I, I quite enjoy their popcorn. So, and that's my go-to, ah. that's my go-to snack, but circling back to these conversations. And I know you said oftentimes you'll have to have the same conversation over and over. Do you, do you vary your, your responses? Do you try out different material throughout the day? Because I feel like that's a great opportunity to do that. You don't have to have the same conversation. Oh yeah. And I don't, you know, I like to improv. Um, and we, we spoke about it just last night, I believe about how, depending on who the customer is, I'm going to alter my approach. I'm not going to talk to, you know, let's say Gene, the same way I talk to a nine-year-old kid who comes in with his mom looking for Sonic the Hedgehog comics. Like, you know, I, I, I vary how I speak to people. It's so even if I am having a conversation about the same trailer, I'll change it up. Yeah. And and again, it it depends on the person. I've got a few customers who love to come in and just break my balls. They did, you know, and in that fun way, it's, it's nothing vicious. It's always just, you know, uh, what are you doing? You just sitting down all day. You're not doing anything. What do you, how come you haven't read your comics and, you know, stuff like that. And then I'll mess with them. You know, I'll, I'll pretend like their books didn't show up or I'll hand them books. I know they don't read like, you know, and, and be like, Oh, here you go. Here's, here's what you, or, you know, a $300 statue. Be like, Oh, the statue you wanted came in and you're like, well, I didn't order. I'm like, no, it's in the computer. You order, you asked for the, you know, just stupid crap like that. Just to amuse myself. Again, if I'm going to be here 60 odd hours a week, I got to make it fun for myself or what the hell's the point? And go get a real job. Yes. No, I mean, I think you can really carry that even further. I, the Batman is coming out. You know, you could tell one person, oh, I can't wait. The trailer looks terrific. Next person be like, I think this is going to be the worst Batman movie ever. Then oh, yeah. when you have your big 40th anniversary celebration, everyone's talking like <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be so confused. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely do. I, I, I bait people when I can because I know things that don't like. like. Like Justin, I love him to death and I love the bus's balls too. So like he doesn't, he's not a fan of the Venom movies. And he was adamant about that. So when I went to see the Venom movie, I tagged him in it as if he was with me at the theater. Uh. And everybody was like, oh, Justin, you said you didn't want to see that movie. But Sean said you were at the theater. You know, um, I'll, I'll bust his balls about the movie Cats because he went to see it with his aunt and he went to see it with a friend. So, so people will come in. I'll be like, yeah, Justin loves that. He saw that movie like eight times. And he'll be like, I saw it twice as a favor. And I'm like, I took it. No, wasn't it eight times? And Or, you know. If there's somebody, a, a character I know a customer doesn't like and somebody else is here, we'll talk about it. I'll bring up that character just to watch the other customer be like, Ugh, I can't, you know, and just the most juvenile stuff like, oh, you know, show them your, your Batman tramp stamp, you know, <laughs> and they're like, I don't have, I don't even like Batman. Yeah, this stupid, puerile, immature nonsense keeps me happy. Keeps you happy <laughs> and keeps you young. On that note, let's take a really quick commercial break. And when we get back, we'll talk about What's coming up this April? So we'll be right back. What do you call when you're in trouble? Alien invasion? Call Superman. Bank being robbed? Call Spider-Man. But who can you count on if you want to learn how to make a window bag? Filtastic Comics and Art is here to help. Whether it's fighting FOMO, talking about art, or baking wheat cakes, you can count on Filtastic for your comic and art-related infotainment needs. The best part? 
You don't even need a bat signal. Just look up Filtastic Comics and Art on YouTube. Subscribe today to keep up on everything Filtastic. If you're a fellow father out there, or if you're just interested in hearing a fun conversation, check out Shadadigans, a weekly podcast by dads sharing their dad experiences. Listen, relate, and laugh. One of the hosts has been a guest of this show, Justin DeVoe. In recent years, Justin has embarked on a truly remarkable fitness journey, which you can see for yourself on Instagram at Real Life Lobo. And if you're looking for guidance on your own fitness journey, check out at Iron and Honor. Film lovers and filmmakers should check out these festivals. Brightside Tavern in Jersey City, Hang On To Your Shorts in Asbury Park, Point Lookout on Long Island, and In The Cut in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Event details and submission info can be found at filmfreeway.com. Follow the fest on social media for updates on discounts, tickets, and more. Also, be sure to listen to the Hang On To Your Shorts and Cullen On Film podcasts available via a shared universe network. My comic shop travels haven't yet taken me to Texas, but when they do, my first stop will be the Hive Comics and Tabletop Games. As they say, we exist to make your entry into nerdy realms easy. An oasis of nerd fun and events in the heart of Odessa, Texas, Hive carries a full selection of comics, manga, and gaming, including Magic, D&D, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and Pokemon. Visit them in person or via their online shop at thehivecomics.com. Flat Squirrel Productions is an affiliate of BCW Supplies. The next time you need to restock on comic book bags, boards, boxes, and more, be sure to use promo code FSP to save 10% on your order. It helps support the show too. Thanks. And we're back. Before we jump into the 40th anniversary celebration and your 50th birthday celebration, there's there's a lot oh, we still have to cover. I was curious, now that you've taken over the store, because previously I've we... taken over the store. But, you know, in the past, you and I were both in the similar position of being employees at a comic shop and loving the experience, but maybe both of us, you know... Uh, thinking about how we would do things differently or maybe sometimes having a little bit of tension with the owner who was set in their way of doing things. And if someone were to say to us at that point, hey, listen, you don't know, you haven't done this, fair enough. So now that you have done this, I'm curious if it's changed the perspective kind of looking back. Like, do you kind of think like, oh, I was too hard on on Matt or Scott or Elon or I'm just curious where you kind of landed on that now that you've, had the experience of being on the other side. They all deserved every bit of criticism I ever gave them. No. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know nothing about nothing. Thank God I saved this store. Now, um, <laughs> it does, it, it, and the three of them, Elon, and even back working with Pat, poor Pat at Pegasus, you know, these are four very different individuals with four de- very different styles of running a store. You know, the interesting thing was here at Fat Moose between Elon and then Scott and then Matt saw three very different approaches to how to do this all in the same location, you know? So it wasn't like store jumping. It was all, um, I think actually I probably butted heads with Matt the most because I love him to death and I, I take a rubber bullet for him, rubber bullet. Let's not get crazy. I, I got, I got a store to run, but, uh, he would just do things I'm like, why did you do, why wouldn't you? And then, you know, he's the kind of guy where he's very headstrong. So if you say to him, oh, I think up up here at this turn, we should make a right. He's going to make a left, even if it drives you off the bridge, because he's like, no, I'm going this way. Yeah. So he and I would often, you know, be at loggerheads as far as that goes. But has my perspective changed? I, not really. It's funny because Nicole used to make fun of me because I refer to it as my store. 
way before I owned it. I'd be like, oh, you know, I was at my store. And she goes, it's not your store. You know, and now it is. And I'm like, well, guess what? Now it is my story. So I did always have these ideas. You know what we should do? We should do this. And nobody likes being told. And I hate it. And it happens a lot. You know what you should do? Like that's, if you start your sentence with, you know what you should do? I just, I turn off mentally. I just, and I nod and I smile. I go, that, that sounds, why don't you write up a proposal and I'll, I'll pin it up on the refrigerator and we can all admire your big idea about what I should do, you know? I actually did that to a customer and not a regular, not one of my, my close customers, but he was, Oh, you should do this. You should do that. And I said, I'm sorry. What's the name? He goes, my name. I go, no, I know your name. He said, what's the name of the, the store that you own? And he's like, I, I, I don't. I'm like, exactly. It's like, so how about you let me run my store? You know, I said, if I need advice on the list, you're at about number 58 on the list of people I would ask advice of, but you know, so, but thank you so much for your unsolicited advice on what I should do with my store. I said, it seems to be going pretty well. Everybody seems pretty happy. How about you just let me do what I'm doing? And if I screw it up, then you could say, told you so. It's like, Until such time, right? <laughs> yes. And when that came up in the context of alternate realities, you know, Steve was... Again, that was at times a source of tension when, especially those of, even, even those of us within the inner circle who had worked at the store and or owned the store at times, you know, he was not looking for unsolicited feedback and, you know, fair enough. I think from our perspective and probably yours as well, back before you were the owner, I guess our feeling was always, well, it's coming from a good place. We want to help. We want to make things easier and better for you. We want the store to be more successful. But yes, I certainly can appreciate, you know, being on the other side and it's hard enough to do this. You don't need all those other voices coming at you, especially if you're not asking for it. So I can certainly appreciate that. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, I will ask for help, you know, and we've spoken about this, uh, that I'm not proud. I know I'm still pretty new at this. I've been working in comic shops since the mid nineties, but as far as owning a business, I mean, I'm not, I'm not prepared for the real world. I, I skated through most of my life kind of doing the minimum effort. And, and just, I always said, I, I always feel like I'm living like a 19 year old with a fake ID. I'm just like skirting the rules and just doing what I want when I want. So taking over the store, I absolutely asked for advice from a lot of the regulars asked for advice from Pat, from Scott, from Elon, you know, um, if there's something that needs to be done and I don't know how to do it, I'd rather ask someone and say, hey, can you help me with this? I'm not sure. Then, then to do it and just be headstrong. I'm going to figure it out and then screw it up. Like I've got, you know, one of my regular box holders, he's a lawyer. Um, brilliant man too. Great guy. But he is the one when I said, I want to take over the store. I need some paperwork. Can you help me? He's like, I got you. And he did it pro bono. He was just like, Give me two days. And within two days, he had a contract, you know, written up. I think I still owe him dinner for that, actually. Um, one of my regulars, he's uh, an electrician. And I was like, hey, man, you know, these overhead lights, this fluorescence, they're blinking and they're making me nuts. Like, you know, can we do LEDs? So we worked out a deal. He came in and he replaced all the lights. Like, but, you know, I'm not one to be like, I don't need anybody's help. I need everybody's damn help because I, I can admit when I don't know how to do something. It's, it's just unsolicited help is bothersome. But, you know. I certainly, when, when there's something, some sort of problem, I'm the first one to reach out to people. Like, can, can someone, can an adult come here, please, and, and show me how to do this? So gotcha. that's, that's you know, the one thing I have no problem asking for assistance. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. From my own experience, I wouldn't say comics retailers generally are known for that 
willingness to seek out help. So I think that's, I, I think ultimately that's a sign of, of strength and wanting to improve and grow and, and learn in the business. You mentioned asking the previous owners uh, for help at various points. What's the best advice that one of them gave you? Um, stop drinking so much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, um, honestly, well, it, that's, it's, that's probably hard to do with all the liquor that your customers give you. I mean, uh, even now we're past, I don't know, we're past the holidays where before you, I'm still seeing you post photos, people bringing you bottles of stuff. It, well, what a charmed life you lead here. Just a parade of gifts. Weird, man. <laughs> I, it's weird things just, and it's not even just since I took over the store, my whole life has been this weird People like to give me stuff. And I think if anything, it's because they can tell I'm genuinely like grateful and happy. And, you know, um, even way before I took over the store, you know, I've been with Nicole going on 13 years now in April. Even when I just worked here, I'd come home. She'd like, okay, what everybody give you today? I'm like, oh, so-and-so brought me this action figure and somebody brought me this. And, and she's like, what is it? What, you know, and it's not charity nobody's giving me stuff like oh you poor fella you you really need this batman action figure it's just more like they know that i'm gonna light up and be like holy crap oh my god that's so cool thank you so much you know it's, it's I'm, I'm, and i give out stuff too all the time uh i've got a whole like box of slightly used toys that people bring in and stuff that i have no interest in and no room for so if somebody comes in with a kid you know i'll be like hey man you know reach into that box pull out pull out an action figure pull out a toy you know, I, I try to re-gift and pay it forward as much as I can. But yeah, I don't know. But honestly, I, I'm joking about the drinking thing. But I think the best advice I got was relax. It's only comic books. Like, you know, I know you're trying to do this thing and build this thing and you're coming in hot. But at the end of the day, it's only comic books. Nobody's going to drop dead because they didn't get the new issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Like they may be disappointed. But that's the thing is I get upset because I want my customers to get everything they want. And you know, a month or two ago, I missed a cutoff date because I switched from Diamond Comics for my Marvel stuff. I switched to Random House and I couldn't stand their website stinks. Their packaging wasn't great. So I switched back to Diamond, but their cutoff dates were different. So I basically missed an entire month's worth of Marvel books that I then had a back order. But now some of them are sold out and this and that. So for weeks customers like well i i'm trying to get caught up on spider-man but i'm missing this one issue and you know how we are you're not going to jump ahead you want to read it and so i was slowly finally i'm still missing two or three titles that are just impossible to get and um I, i've done it in the past too even before i owned the store on a day off i would go to other stores and just buy the books at full price and then bring them here and then give my customers their discount because it meant that much to me that they get what they're looking for you know, it's kind of stupid. I should probably shouldn't care so much, but yeah, that's the best advice I got was maybe you care too much. You know, maybe you're, you're trying too hard and that's why you're exhausted all the time. You know, when you're when, not, you're not dispensing medication to people. Nobody's going to have a heart attack because they didn't get the new issue of, you know, amazing fart face or whatever, you know? Right. Certainly it's, it's not life or death, but at the same time, this is how you make your living and how you spend your time. And it obviously means a lot. So I understand that you do take it seriously. And ultimately that's a good thing as long as it's not detrimental to your health or your mental or emotional well-being. Oh, it is. <laughs> well, I want to circle back to that, but the example that you just gave about missing the, the order cutoff when something like that, or literally that happens, how, 
I mean, I guess how worried are you that you're going to lose people? Or is it more like, oh, I know this is going to be an inconvenience. I'm going to have to hustle to get what I'm missing, but I know that I know they'll stay. Like where, where does that worry sort of land? I don't worry really. I don't lose people. Like I said before, a guy that I think may just be dead because I haven't, you know, but I, I don't worry about that. And I've told customers like, look, I couldn't get that book sold out, whatever. I got shorted. It got damaged. Um, I may be able to get you second printing. If that's not acceptable, then by all means, go to Zap, go to Funny Books, go to Expired Robot. You know what I mean? Like, go. It, like, I want you to have the book. I want you because I'm the same way. I want I want the damn books, you know? So I will tell people like, hey, man, I'll call other shops and, and be like, do you have A, B, and C? I got a guy who's looking for, you know, like, I don't worry about it because, again, I, I, I try so hard to make everybody happy, make everybody feel welcome. That if there is a glitch like that, or and I'll admit to people again, you know, saying I, I I never said, well, I don't know, diamond screwed up or random. I said, no, I screwed up. I missed the cutoff date. It's been chaos. I will do my best to get you the book. If I cannot get you that book within X amount of time, whatever amount you need it in, just go get it somewhere else. Or if you can't find it, I'll reach out to some of the shops that I know and see if I can get it for you. You know, but uh, I don't worry about losing people so much because. Again, I really, really bend over backwards to make everybody happy, and it's killing me. <laughs> well, not killing me, but you know, um, I, I, I've been to enough shops over the, all the years, and I know what it's like to have a bad shopping experience at a store like this. And I will never intentionally make that happen for somebody. Now, if somebody's being a real asshole, that's different, you know. <laughs> I said to somebody not too long ago, they were being kind of a dick and it wasn't a regular customer. And I was just like, oh man, please, you know, just, just don't tell my boss that you're unhappy with the service. And I went, oh wait, never mind. I'm the boss. (laughs) And he was like, all right, well, I get it. I get it. You know, it was another one of those situations where a random guy came in and started telling me how to run my shop. And I was just like, yeah, that's not going to work so well. But yeah, as far as losing customers, there are ones, you know, who move away or, maybe hit some dire financial straits and you're like, dude, I just, I can't afford my books right now. And that's, that's acceptable. But as far as people leaving because they're dissatisfied with the service, I can't think of one really. I'm sure they're out there. There's probably somebody listening to this right now, like that asshole. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems <laughs> like, you know, it seems like certain, and certainly among your, your core group, the herd, you know, it seems like there's a lot of, uh, you know, a very strong feeling of gratitude that the store is still here, which is awesome. Which, oh, by the way, who started the Fat Moose Herd? That was Gene, wasn't it? That was Gene's idea to call it the Fat Moose Herd? Yes, and I know this because we talk about it in part three, which I already oh. recorded. Yeah, well, hey, wait, speaking of that. Yeah. So you talked to Phil, Gene, and you talked to Elon already, right? Were they like like super gracious and talking about me and singing my praises to the skies or it very much they damn well better be <laughs> when I think when people hear, I mean, again, it's your parts one and four of this event, but parts two and three, I think very much it's fair to say there's a strong theme of the store still here because of Sean and Sean kept people here and Sean brought people back who had left. That's definitely a sentiment that was expressed. I will say one thing from, 
Elon's interview, which I'm excited for people to Uh-oh. hear. It was, it was oh, really, no. it, oh, it was God. very interesting. And we talked so much about how he started the store and how he didn't have a lease in the beginning and he almost lost the store. I mean, and ultimately the decision to sell, it was, it was really great. I think people will enjoy it, whether they know Elon and the shop or not. But one of the things that he was very candid and he shared, and I was kind of floored by, I had asked him about, you know, look, we know there are a lot of retailers who don't make a living doing this. And maybe a spouse works or there's family money or they do this as a hobby, whatever the case may be. And I asked him about that. And he said that not only did he make a living off of this, but that going back years and years and years, he was consistently paying himself $72,000 a year. He put a number on it? He put a hard number on it. That, that's that's my Elon, yeah. <laughs> that sounds just like Elon. <laughs> well, he even said that there was a point in time where I guess maybe there was at least some discussion of you buying the store or buying into the store or something like that. And your mother was, uh, was not totally on board with that. He, he talked about my mother, <laughs> this guy, this guy over here was talking about my mother. <laughs> now, um, yeah. When he first decided that he wanted to, you know, offload the store, my mother had just sold at home. Um, it just got to the point that it was in Lincoln park, New Jersey, and it was flooding more often than any house should. And she's like, look, man, I got to get rid of this thing. So she had already been living with her boyfriend, who was now her husband for years. And um, I moved in with Nicole, who had just not too far off had bought a condo where I still reside. Thank God. And uh, But she had the money. She was flush with, with house money, you know, from selling it. And I called her up. I remember I was delivering pizza that day like every damn day. And I pulled over, I had this epiphany. I pulled over the side of the road and I called her up I'm like, mom, how about you loan me the money to buy the comic shop? You know? And she's not on her little boy, youngest, you know, added two kids. And she's very much, you know, very protective of me. Always has been. And she just didn't see the big picture. She's like, how are you, what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? What do you, and I, I'm kind of glad she didn't, because I don't think I was ready at that point. That was like 2014, 2013, 2014. And I don't think I would have done a good job. I don't think I was prepared for it. I don't think I'm prepared now, but I seem to be skating by. But um, she's like, well, why don't you just go manage one of the pizzerias? Because the, the Anthony Franco's that I worked for, they have like 11 locations now. And they would always be like, you know, why don't you come manage a store? I'm like, I don't have a passion I like eating pizza. I don't want to manage a pizzeria. And so she down gently. And then, you know, a couple of years later when I was able to, to circumvent borrowing money from her and stuff, the person who really turned her around on that was my stepfather, Harry. I, I told him about it. And my mom was like, what do you, why, what are you going to do? How are you going to make money? I'm like, well, I buy goods at a certain price and I sell them for more than I paid. And then I, hence I make money. Like that's, that's how this, this is commerce, but uh, he's a businessman. He's been running his own business for a long time. And when I explained it to him, he's like, yeah, you do this. It's about time. It's about time you grew up, you know? Um, and he was very encouraging still is. And so she kind of came around and was like, Oh wait. Oh, so this is, this is a thing you could actually do. And you know, she knows obviously I've been in the comics my whole life. So she came around on it. it. It took her a minute. At first, she's like, no, my little baby's going to be eaten up by the world. You know, you're not ready for this. And I'm like, I probably have been ready for this for a long time. But, you know, the fear of adulthood that she put into me by always kind of like 
coddling me, you know, it, it, it took me a minute to be like, no, I, I can do this. I, like, and I think of other comic shops, well, I'm just as smart as these other fools. Like, you know, like we're not, I know I've got a brain in my head. I always tested well in school. So if these guys are doing it, I, why, why not me? So that was, you know, kind of it. What the hell was the question? As I said to, I, I said this to Elon, and I'll say it to you. I feel like you should have just told your mom what Elon was pulling down. That probably would have been enough to be like, "Wow, this seems pretty viable." Yeah. It's a pretty good number. I, I'm not there yet. <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah. I love Elon. Is it, see, that's the thing about Elon that made him successful is he's a numbers guy. You know, I'm not a numbers guy. I. I'm more of an experienced guy. I want people to have a good experience. I want to have a good day. I want to make people happy. And then if I make money, it's like, oh, great, cool. I actually made some money. But I look at these other comic shops. I'm in a, a retailer's group on Facebook. It's a private page. You have to either manage a shop or own it. And some of these people are so good at their job, down to the decimal points. You know, well, if the discount on this is this. If I order that many of this, but if I get this through that distributor instead, my discount is this much more and I'm going to save... 32 cents per month on this. And it boggles me. I was never a math guy. You know, I always did well in school, but I always hated math. And my whole thing at the end of the day is, did we lose money today? Oh, we didn't. Oh, cool. All right, good. We're good. We can open tomorrow. All right, good. We'll be open tomorrow. You know, like I just, I, I can't, I'm very bad at the accounting aspect of it, but we're still open. So I must be doing something. Okay. Well, maybe that's an op. Look, I'm going to do what you don't like where it's <laughs> <gives you> unsolicited <laughs> advice. But, you know, you mentioned having a customer who's a lawyer who helped out. Maybe there's an accountant in, in the fat moose herd, someone who, you know, if, you know, even if you hire them, that can sort of help fill in that gap. So that way you can marry the experience that you create with the bottom line. Well, I do. And I think you know this. I have a silent partner who shall remain unnamed because that person said, just I'll help you out, but leave me out of it. Let me, you know, get this percentage. And that person, the mystery person, um, does the, I do the day by day, you know, adding up, how do we do it? But once a month, my silent partner um, will add up everything and be like, all right, here's the profit and loss. And here's what you can pay yourself this month. Here's what you owe me. Uh, you know, and, and even something like paying the quarterly taxes, my partner takes care of that. Um, which is a great help. So I'm boots on the ground. I'm the guy here behind the register every day. I'm doing the order forms. I'm dealing with everything. And my partner is the one who's kind of like, Hey, it's the end of the month. I'll, you know, give me an hour. Let me lay total everything. I'll, you know, send me whatever financial information you need. So without that partner, I'd be completely adrift. Partner is like, I don't need to be in the spotlight. I just, you know, let me help you and I'll take my little cut. And, and, and believe me, it, this would not, none of this would have happened without that person to whom I am forever grateful. And one day when I actually learn what I'm doing, I'm going to buy him out. <laughs> Elon might have named that partner in his episode. I'm going to have to go edit. Oh, did he? I look, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sticking to what was, you know, asked of me to not drop names, but you know, Ooh, there could be some, controversy uh, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> off mic side note i don't know i don't know exactly what's causing this i assume it's the bluetooth periodically your audio drops low for like a second and then it picks back up it's like these little these little dips it doesn't totally drop out 
I don't know exactly what it could be. I don't know exactly how we would address it, but to the audience, it, that's what's happening. So if you're hearing that every now and then on Sean's end, uh, we're, we're doing the best we can with our oh, remote setup here. You know what that might be? You know, I'm using the iPad and my, my AirPod buds, whatever the hell they're called. Um, maybe since it's the iPad, like anytime I get an email or something, maybe it dips for a second. Are you, have, so you, been, have you been getting a bunch of popular. emails? I'm super popular, dude. <laughs> no, seriously, have you been getting a bunch of emails since we've been doing this? No, I'm not going to. Oh, I don't want to click right. off the screen. I don't want to screw this up even worse, dude. I'm, bar I'm barely holding on as it is. Uh, no, it's it's quite all right. The Actually, I do have a couple of retail questions for you because I've not been as plugged in since I made the documentary uh, over these past you couple want a of job? years. Nope, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough of them, but <laughs> I just, I just want to get, I have a, I have a, a general idea, but I just want to get uh, more of a handle on this. So which publishers do you get from which distributors and what day of the week do they each come in on? Okay. So like I said before, I switched from diamond uh, penguin random house for the Marvel books and was dissatisfied as many people are. So I switched back to Diamond. So now I get everything through Diamond other than my DC books. Those come through Lunar. So the Diamond books, barring any sort of you know weather catastrophe, they come in on Tuesday. Um, depending on which UPS guy I get. <laughs> I got one guy, man. He'll roll up like 4 p.m. I'm like, dude, come on, man. I guess, <laughs> can't you get here a little early? And I came by at 9 a.m. You weren't here. I'm like, I don't open till 11. Come on, man. But most of the UPS guys are cool. They try to get here right near opening, like, you know, a little after 11. Um, so that's Tuesday. Then, of course, as you know, count everything in, check for damages or shortages, and then do the pull lists. And then at the end of the day, put everything out for sale. The Lunar books, uh, the DC stuff that comes through Lunar, that stuff sometimes comes as early as almost a week before. Like on a Wednesday, I will get next week's books. And now the thing with Lunar is you're allowed to sell the DC books a day early on Tuesday, anything through diamond, you are not allowed to sell it till Wednesday. And if you get caught selling it early, you could lose your account and then lose your damn store. Um, and Lunar's fine with their packaging. Diamond is still hit or miss sometimes. And diamond, I pay COD. I'll stop at the post office on the way in and get a money order. Lunar, I just pay online with the store credit card thingy. And um, it's been pretty smooth, actually, so far. But Random House, maybe I'll go back to them at some point because they, they don't charge for shipping, which is a boon. But again, not being a big numbers guy, I'm like, I don't know. How much was the shipping this week? I don't know. I didn't even look. Like, I just I pay the, the bill comes in, I pay the bill, and I don't worry about it. And I'm envious of the guys who are better at this, who really have it down to a science as far as, you know, the, the, the zeros and ones and the decimal points. And I'm just, I'm not that guy. So um, that's it. I'm just dealing with Lunar and Diamond right now. Gotcha. Do you have people who will come in on Tuesday and then come again on Wednesday because they want the DC books <laughs> right away? I do. I yeah. do. <laughs> I got a couple guys. <laughs> hey, listen, good for them. I appreciate the passion. Now, you mentioned putting in these 60 plus hour weeks. And, and I know that Obviously, you've had to deal with a lot of curveballs over these past couple of years, the pandemic, the change in distributors, all that stuff. But I mean, I guess that aside, what is the biggest time killer for you 
time killer as far as like the running of what the takes store. the most what takes the most work or yeah, like, what do I waste my time doing where I don't get any work done? No, <laughs> that would be YouTube. <laughs> that, YouTube is my bane. I fall down a YouTube hole like several times a day. Well, you're also um, quite the YouTube content creator as well, which again, I want to, I want to circle back to your physical and mental well-being. The YouTube videos, I think, tie into that. I, I want to come back to that, but no, not, okay. not how you, we can not, how you <laughs> not how you procrastinate, but you know, what, what will keep you there late? Like what, what are you working on? Um, it, it's a thousand tiny things. It's, it's always, the work's never done. It's a matter of, I just added more rack space to the Marvel section and to the independent section. And that's a matter of like, all right, well, if I move this here, I can have space for that there. But okay, if I move that there, that's not going to fit. It's a lot of just trying to optimize my, you know, floor space, try to optimize what I can sell, where I can put things and keep it organized. And then it's, it's, it's a thousand little things, man. Taking out the garbage, vacuuming the floor cleaning things, uh, working on order forms. It, it's, you know, every month I get the diamond catalog at the start of the month and I go, I'm going to get in a head start on this. And then next thing you know, it's the end of the month. You're like, crap, my diamond orders due in four hours and I haven't even opened the, the front page yet. You know? So it, it's, um, so I don't think there's any one thing that really eats up the majority of the time. It's just, I'll be working on the bagging and boarding these books. And all of a sudden I'll be like, Oh, you know what? I really need to take care of this thing over here. And so I'll do that. And then I'll come back and be like, Oh shit. Also that over there I've been meaning to do. So it, it's just a thousand tiny things, but I don't think there's any one real time suck where it's like, Oh man, this takes up so much of my day. I understand. And you, you know, I mean, you are essentially a one man operation. Yeah. I have Justin here who I love him he, dearly. He's, he's a, a, a great dude and he helps out a lot, but he's only here like 10 hours a week. Right. You know, I have him here on Wednesdays because that's our busy day as far as, you know, the new books are out and customers come in. And then I have him in on Saturdays cause you know, Saturday can get busy. People are off work. They want to take their kids out to go shopping or whatever, but the rest of the time, man, it's, yeah, it's a solo act and it's uh, it's a lot, but, but now at your peak at, hours were you doing a week let's turn it on to you now sir i'll try to think i mean honestly it was nothing crazy the most frequently i worked there was during college and specifically those <clears throat> summers during college and I, I think maybe at the peak i was doing what three full days maybe because i definitely remember oh, like, a stretch of doing like wednesday thursday friday uh it you open know, to close Basically, yeah. And I mean, it varied yeah. over time because there were definitely times where I was there with Steve, but then there were loads of times where I was just running the shop myself. I remember there were times I did Mondays, other. I, but I, it's funny. A lot of it kind of is a is a blur now. But I, it was never. It was never like I did the full week. It was never that. Right. So maybe mm -hmm. three days at, at most. All right. That that's still pretty good, though. I'm sure that was very helpful. You know, and yeah, it, I would love to give Justin more hours. You know, I had somebody today, a friend of mine who stopped in. I hadn't seen him in a, a couple of months. He moved out of state and he stopped in and we're talking. He's like, man, you, you're really working yourself to the bone. He's like, you got to hire somebody. I was like, well, who? I said, you know, most of my regular customers who would know how to do this, like a guy like Gene, who did work for Elon back in the day. Um, 
with wives and home lives and you know like you can't be like oh honey i'm gonna spend every sunday at the comic shop working for store credit or whatever you know it's not gonna fly and um well, you got to get a young guy in there. I'm like, who? Well, I'm going to give like a 14 year old a key to my store. You know, like I, I, it's very hard. And I've had conversations with Ben from uh, Zap Comics about that. He goes, yeah, it's very tough to find the right person who is basically willing to do it more for the love of the, the game than actual, you know, like, oh, and here's your dental plan. It ain't going to happen. Right. You know. So as promised, like I said, there's a couple things I want to circle back to, but as promised, I want to talk about April. What's coming up in April? So April 1st, 2022 is the 40 year anniversary of Fat Moose Comics. 40 years from when Elon opened the store back in 1982. And then a couple of weeks later, it's the 50th birthday of Sean Hendricks. So April, I mean, April's a big month. I know you've been, you've been teasing this big extravaganza for the beginning of April. What, what can you share with our audience? Cause I don't know, there's a decent chance Maybe someone who hasn't been to the store, but who has followed these podcasts and documentaries, they might want to come and check it out. So what's, what do you have cooking up in April? Okay. So before we even get into that, April 11th, 13th anniversary with Nicole. Yes. I'm sorry. I, I forgot to yeah, mention that. That's okay. She won't hold it against you. Yeah. As it's long okay. as I remember it. That's the thing. It's okay <laughs> for me to not know that. Yeah. As long as I remember <laughs> it. That's the important thing. So yeah, April 1st, store turns 40. April 11th, 13th anniversary with my gal. April 15th, I turned 50. So as far as the extravaganza, it's still in flux because of what the world is as far as gatherings. And some people are hesitant to be in groups, you know. Um, I spoke with my landlord, Fred, great guy. I was like, dude, can we like, I set up like a, a grill outside, make burgers and dogs. And stuff. He goes, I don't, I don't care. I said, well, do I have to check with the town? Like, is there an ordinance? He goes, I don't care. Just do it. <laughs> so we may have my friend, Sean Wolf, actually cooking up some food for people. He does uh, cooking, uh, cooking with stupid every Sunday on Facebook, Sunday evenings. Um, he's a good dude. And I'm working on, and I should have been working on it now instead of you and I are chit-chatting, um, getting a store exclusive cover for an aftershock book and it will be drawn by Tom Rainey, my close personal friend. Oh wait, you know, Tom, Tom Rainey? Rainey superstar artist, Tom Rainey. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's super tight, man. That's come up once or twice. I think <laughs> uh, Tom's a good dude, but the only problem is the book I'm trying to get the cover for. It's a one shot and it's written by Jim Starlin. And Tom has worked with Jim Starlin back in the day on Warlock and the infinity watch and stuff like that. I believe but the book doesn't come out officially till April 14th, but I want it by April 1st for the party. So I don't know. And I have a, sh a shit ton of emails to send back and forth between Aftershock and Aftershock. Uh, one of their sales reps, Mitch, comes in here every couple of weeks. Good dude. He's like, man, eh, you carry our books. And they gave me, they give me these exclusive covers and, and this cardboard display. And, you know, it's a great company with a lot of great products. So we worked it out to do this cover. Now, what I'm going to be doing tomorrow when Justin comes in, I'm going to be sequestered emailing between Aftershock and Tom Rainey and trying to get all of this because the deadline is approaching. I know Tom can bang out a cover in a day. He's the best. 
but I don't know the mechanics. I've never done this. Like I can barely run the damn shop. Now I got to like figure out how to do an exclusive cover. So if it comes down to that, I can't get the book by the anniversary. I suppose I will just. Vouchers, you know, and be like, Hey, buy the book. Just like they did with the star Wars figures. when I was a kid, the figures weren't available yet, but you could buy this like voucher that says, Hey, when the figures are available, We'll ship them to you. So I'm not sure. There's a lot of moving parts. I have no idea what I'm doing. And again, me admitting when I need help, I I said to the Aftershock sales rep online, I was like, look, I have no idea how this works. Please, please, please help me do this. I really want to do this. And she wrote back, she's like, don't worry. I'll hold your hand through the whole thing. We've done this before with other stores. We're going to make it happen. So yeah. So that's the plan. So we're going to have some food. We're going to hopefully have, if not the book itself, at least the opportunity to, to pre-buy the book. Um, Tom will be here. Wait, I'm sorry. Is this the Friday or the Saturday? It's probably going to be the whole damn weekend. Yes, but which, but... <laughs> well, so you would do, like you, you'll do the cookout and everything both days is what you're saying? Well, I don't know. See, I have to check with Tom as far as what day is better for him. Um, I mean, because technically the anniversary is the Friday. So I'll definitely do something that day. Now, if Tom's like, hey, it's Saturday works better for me, or then that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm at the mercy of the creatives, you know. Uh, also, there may be some other people signing, but I have to follow. I got so much goddamn work to do. And every time I'm like, it's fine. Then I look at the calendar and go, oh, shit, it's coming up so soon. You know, so the next couple of weeks, I, 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 Nicole kicked me out of bed the other night because she's like, you're tossing and turning. And she said, go sleep on the couch. You're, you're kicking and you're tossing. I was like. Said, sweetie, I hate to say it, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Until this anniversary thing is behind me, it's just going to be just random panic attacks and and you know uh, just just restless nights and and yeah. Calling out Tom Rainey's name in your sleep, but listen, you could get in you could get in worse trouble. <laughs> there are other names that would get you in a lot of trouble. Tom Rainey's not so That's bad. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> now, but I'm I'm going to as I'm I'm somewhat infamous for in my circle of friends. Um, master of the last minute fucking save you know like it's i was always a procrastinator it's always like i was the guy doing his homework in the morning on the way to school but then i'd get an a you know like i I just i I have no sense of time like i I, when we've talked about this i admire my management skills you're legendary seriously you know the real job you got like a grown-up job you got the wife you got the kid you got the the podcast and documentaries and I don't know how the hell you do it. I'm like hanging on. <laughs> I'm a big fingernails. I'm a big proponent of to-do lists. They help me stay organized. And I, I think uh, in my, te- and I don't want to say it's obsessive, but my tendency is I don't like, I don't like seeing those items on the to-do list. So it's like, I got to cross them off. And I think that's a, that's a big motivator. Plus time, time is so limited. So if I don't get something done, that's it. So I got to just got to the Rocky thing. I got to keep moving forward. Yeah. Well, see, Nicole's like that too. She's so good at like, Oh, the the phone bill came in, paid the phone bill. It's done. Me, the phone bill comes in. I'm like, yeah, I'll look at it later. And then, you know, I get a notification like, uh, you owe us for like a month now. I'm like, Oh, Right. Okay. I'll do that tomorrow. Like I, it's, it's a terrible, and I actually spoke with my father about this last week and um, he's like, yeah, sorry about that, man. You got that from me. <laughs> 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 he's like, sorry, kid. 
just jumping back for a second, it's funny with the real job. I always thought a retailer outreach position with a comics publisher, that would be a fun, that would be a fun gig. Like basically going around to comic shops, but getting paid for it and developing those relationships, you know? Yeah, that's what uh, my friend Mitch does, you know, for Aftershock. And he's a musician, he's a guitarist. So he'll come in and I mean, I'm sure he's only supposed to pop in and say hi and drop off whatever promotional items. And then he's in here for two hours and you know, we're, we're playing vinyl albums together and we're talking about gigs we've done and people we know. And, you know, um, it's always funny when Mitch walks in, I'm like, okay, I'm putting all the work I'm working on aside because I know me and Mitch are going to have a two hour conversation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's gotta be a cool job to get to bop around and visit different shops and stuff. But as we were speaking of earlier, I wonder if any, he goes to where they're like, what? What do you want? Okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Like he comes in here. I'm like, Mitch, what's up, man? You know? <laughs> yes, I, I can't imagine. So, okay. So the, so Friday the 1st, Saturday the 2nd, still TBD exactly. I mean, it seems like there will be something I mean, both yeah. days, but it's not sure exactly what will happen on each day. I, again, yeah. I'm the king of wing. Like I just, I, I make it up as I go. I don't want to promise anything that I can't deliver. So I've been telling everybody about this Aftershock thing. And now after dealing with Aftershock, I'm like, I may not have that book on that day. So now I'm kind of backpedaling, like, look, I'm going to have it. I just may not have it that particular day. Cause if the book doesn't release till the 14th, I may not legally be able to sell it early because that gives me a leg up on the other stores. And that's not allowed, you know, that, which is why you can't sell your Marvel books on a Tuesday, even if you get them Tuesday, you know, it's that sort of thing. So I'm trying to do this as best I can without losing my goddamn mind, without disappointing anybody. But I've always kind of pulled my ass out of the fire at the last minute on, on everything in my life. So, yeah, I've got a gig coming up. Um, by the time this airs, the gig will have been finished. But the guy's emailing me like song lists and stuff. I'm like, dude, don't worry. Send me a list. He's all right. Well, do you want to rehearse? I'm like, no. Okay, well. Do you want to know what key we do that in? No, it's fine. Okay, well, <laughs> do you want to, like, you know, talk about... I'm like, no. I was like, I'm going to show up that day and play the gig. I've been playing music for over 35 years. Like, I've never lost a gig. I've never... Where somebody was like, that was terrible. Let's never hire him again. Like, just trust me. I'm going to show up. I'm going to get it done. You'll be happy. And that's how I feel about the anniversary. It's like, whatever I do... Um, and, and again, I, I would love to make it as big as possible. I'm limited by COVID basically. I mean, in reality, you know? Yes. No, I don't um, understand. Well, I hope the, the sooner, you know, the sooner, you know, the better for those of us who are coming from a little distance and I need to make you're not arrangements. Far away. Oh, stop well, I want to make sure I come. <laughs> I, I don't know. I want to make sure, uh, honestly, Nick Jones is coming from the dark side of the moon for God's sake. You can certainly make it. Nick Jones and I'm sure he's listening. Nick Jones is, I think, I think I the biggest fan of my comic shop country out there, especially among those with no connection to the shop. He has bought from most, I think, uh, of the shops that are, are in the movie. And we've become friends on Facebook. And uh, what, a, what a supporter and cheerleader of, of you in particular and a bunch of the other shops and of me. And I, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And yes, yeah, I know we, he's planning we, to come. Yeah, yeah, we've um, he planned a vacation around it so he could come here. 
He's bringing his kid. It's going to be a good time. I would look more unsolicited advice. I just, as we're tossing around ideas. <laughs> oh, oh, by all means. <laughs> I would say, as far as I understand the dilemma with the comic, I know that's kind of a tough, a tough spot to be in. You know, either instead of or in addition to the comic, I, I mean, prints, I think, would be really cool. And the nice thing about that is you, you know, you're like 11 by 14 thing. I've given out prints or again, you could sell them, of course, but like I've done that for uh, festival screenings and things like that. And then people can frame them. And like I would I would happily frame that and put it up here in Flat Squirrel Studios. That is plan B. Um, I beat you to it. I already thought of that. All right. <laughs> but no, no, seriously, though. If there's a problem with the book and we can't quite make it happen, I know Tom can bag out a beautiful piece of artwork. His wife is a colorist. We can, you know, do a full color. Um, and then I'll just run to a Kinko's or whatever and print out, you know, 100 copies, 200 copies and um, have them sign them and do that. Now, the cool thing about that, I don't know what the rules are for this Aftershock book. If they need to, they, they need to approve the piece. But is it a piece where we can sneak in a reference to Fat Moose or sneak me and Justin and Elon and Scott and Matt into the background? I, I don't know. It, it, yeah. I have no idea how this works. I but thought now that would kind of be did, the point, no? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm saying, but if we do a print and it's not through a publisher or anything, we can do whatever the hell we want. We right. can put you in there too. What the hell? Why not? This is not my day. I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, you celebrate, celebrate if, if this, we, the if, fat if moose. If this happens, if we sneak you in the background, I'm giving you the great temples. Jeez. <laughs> you know what's funny? So our two and a half year old son, we've asked him, well, what color is daddy's hair? And he goes, gray. And he laughs. This kid like instantly knew he was roasting me. And I'm like, listen, there's a lot of gray there. I understand that. At the same time, I don't think it's fair to say daddy's hair predominantly is gray, but man. And he laughs like he just, he knows, he knows he's roasting me. Two and a half. He's got your number. He's got you. Hey, I told you last night when we spoke that uh, <laughs> Justin says that the, the, the gray temples are cool because it makes you look like uh, Kingdom Come Superman. Justin, I appreciate that. I like that. That makes me feel better about the gray temples. It's not the end of the world. It's just not my favorite thing. Uh, but I, I, I like the kingdom coming. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say as far as the, the day, you know, Saturday is cool because that gives more flexibility, you know, for people sure. who are working, obviously, on Friday. Now, especially these days with a lot of people being able to work from home and have a little more flexibility, Friday might be more doable for people. But Saturday, would I think, would certainly open that up a little bit more. But then on the flip side, especially with COVID, if you don't want to make this such a huge thing, maybe Friday or spreading it out over the couple of days, maybe that does make more sense. Yeah, it, it's so damn tricky because I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I would love, I mean, I was thinking about getting some of my musician friends here and doing a live performance. And, but then it comes down to square footage and how many people can you squeeze in here and are people going to be comfortable? And, and you know, it, it's, um, well, look on that note, that's why I didn't go see Spider-Man. That's why I have not been to a movie theater in, in two years is, is for that, for us to be safe. And again, for our, our unvaccinated son. So, so yeah. And well, yeah, you got a kid to worry about. Absolutely. And so know. to whatever extent you do stuff outside like that, I think, and I know the weather dependent, but you know, that would certainly be cool. And I think I like, I would definitely feel more comfortable with the out, with the outdoor portion. Well, um, as far as uh, future plans. I don't know if I've told you this or not, but let me drop this one on you. Directly across the street from my store, my store, I can call it that, um, is a post office that had flooded years ago and had been abandoned. A brewery took it over. Double Tap Brewing 
opening like a microbrew place. I stopped over there two weeks ago and met the owner. It, the place is gorgeous. It's not open yet. It's supposed to open the end of February. They've got this huge bar. They're going to have like 20 different beers on tap, all made in-house. Uh, they're going to have live music, which how cool would it be at the end of my day? Lock up the store, walk across the street with my guitar and play <laughs> a gig, you know? Um, so I, I was talking to the guy you know, and they're still working on it. I said, uh, jokingly, not jokingly, I, I played it off. I was like, yeah, it's so funny. You know, some of my customers were kidding around like, oh, it wouldn't be great if you had your own beer, like Fat Moose Brew. And I was like, yeah, it's so stupid. That's so crazy. And the guy goes, we could probably do that. So I may be, I don't know if there's any other comic shops that have their own beer. <laughs> but, and especially if they open by the end of February, when I have the party in April, street, have a drink, come back. You know, like, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. And I showed him the logo and everything. And he was like, that's a cool logo. We could put that on a beer bottle, you know? And so that's another thing that's in the works. That's you know, really, you, really cool. You know, That's cool. The only thing that would be cooler than that would be your own bourbon. But short of that. Give it, give it time, sir. <laughs> no, that's that's really cool. And I mean, as far as, because it's been vacant since the the post office flooded. In 20, geez, 2012, 2013, something like that. So listen, you get some more, you know, you get some more traffic, more people in the area. Maybe they're interested in comics. You have a little crossover. You play you play a gig there. You hand out some flyers or cards or whatever. Well, that's the plan too. Is is have like coupons here where hey, bring this across the street and you you know get a dollar off a six pack or whatever you know. And then same thing there. You're at the the, the brewery and then you're like, oh, here, bring this over to Fat Moose Comics and get a discount on whatever. It's it's synergy, as they say in the business world. There's listen, oh man, I'm I'm excited for you for that. There's so much potential. Like I, I've talked on the show before how. One of the guys from AR, Mike San Gregorio, he's over these past few years has been organizing this book club and it's been virtual during the pandemic. But prior to that, the guys would meet at a brewery and they alternated, uh, I think, be between a couple. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff you could do with tie in events and things like that. That's cool. I'm excited for you. That's that's exactly what we need at Fat Moose Comics. More alcohol. <laughs> well a friggin' gym across the street and maybe I can get myself in shape. No, they got to open a brewery across <laughs> the street. That's like, like thanks universe. <laughs> but now the, the, the owner's a really nice guy and you know, he's like, yeah, you help me. I help you. Let, let's, I said, no, most of my, I told him on Wednesday nights, my regular crew around seven 30 or so, we all have a shot of bourbon together and celebrate halfway through the week, celebrate new comic book day, whatever. And, um, like there's nothing stopping us from uh, after I close at eight o'clock, walking across the street and having a beer together. Yeah. You know? No, very, very so, cool. Now that sounds promising. All right. So as far as the event goes, details still TBD, some, some possibilities, maybe some food, maybe some live music, maybe some sketching, maybe some signing, maybe an exclusive comic. Yeah. It's all still very much in flux. On, you know, it, to plan these things now because you don't know what the world's going to be in a week much less two months you know at a minimum though we know there's a great graphic novel collection on the shelves at the shop if anyone is looking to add to their library right the are, desi auto collection how are those books I, doing? yeah I, I brought those to you march 2020 how how are they doing <laughs> i saw the bunch I, well, I, I i do owe you some money i have it all written down it's all you know i've been doing my bookkeeping with that um it's it's just so funny because weirdo trades. It's just strange. 
Oh, bagging the trades? <laughs> no, I know a lot of people do it. I'm just busting your balls. No, I understand. I've talked about it before. I, it, to me, it was always an automatic. We did it at alternate realities. I did it at home. I thought everybody and every store bagged their trades. And it was only <laughs> once I started going to these other places that I was like, oh, that's really not so much of a thing. Well, see, for your personal collection, I can see that, you know, bagging them so they don't get dusty. Because all of my trades in my collection at home, everything's got an inch of dust on it, you know. But at a store, I mean, I see these stores that bag even like new this week issues. And like, well, doesn't that make it hard to sell if somebody can't flip open the cover and, you know, well, what's the interior look like? You know, it just seems strange to me. It, you know, it's like buying uh, ice cream, you know, the places that give you a sample. You say, oh, let me try that pistachio. Okay, here you go. Here's the sample. So to buy a comic book without having any idea what it looks like on the inside, like, it just seems strange to me. I hear you. Maybe uh, I'm showing my age. All right. Last, last two <laughs> questions. So the first, okay. the first is a big picture moose question. You've seen the Elon era, or at least the, a significant portion of the Elon era. You were there for the Scott era, the Matt era. Of course, now we're in the Sean era. But of the preceding iterations of Fat Moose, we all know, right, so much of the identity, the DNA of a store stems from the retailer, the person behind the counter the majority of the time. So I'm curious, how did each of the prior owners sort of set the tone or define the store. How, how did you see the store change with each owner? All right. So to be clear, you said the Sean era, not error. Because a lot of times <laughs> I think I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So um, Elon, you've spoken with him enough times. I think Elon's pretty much an open book. If you talk to Elon for 10 minutes, you're like, oh, I, all right. I get who this guy is. You know, he, he's much like me in that regard where he'll put it all right out there uh, as far as even coming up and telling you how much he used to pay himself. <laughs> yeah. Elon doesn't, doesn't mince words. He, he's, he's super, you know, like he's Elon. He's as Elon as an Elon could be. Um, with Scott running the store, I didn't hear that often because he was also running Highlander games in Booton. And that was his baby. He took over this store, but he created Highlander. So his focus was more there. So even when Scott owned the store, Matt was still kind of like running it. You know, I mean, Scott was still doing the ordering and paying the bills and everything, but he, he gave a lot of responsibility to Matt. Um, when Matt ran the store. <laughs> now, look, I love Matt, but he developed the reputation of being just we used to call him grumpy Matt. Um. Because three things happened as soon as he took over. Within the first two months of him taking over the store, he got hit by a truck in the parking lot and it ruined, it messed up his leg. Like he had to go to the hospital and he had a you know drainage system in his leg for weeks and weeks and he couldn't make, even make it up the stairs for a while. And then his wife got pregnant, which they never anticipated. And then he bought a house. And all this happened within the span of several months. So his attention was obviously you're going to put your family first you're going to put your health first you know his leg was all mangled i could send you a picture it's gross but um so he kind of quickly he came in hot like with all these ideas and like, yeah we're gonna do this yeah we'll do that and, oh my god we're gonna do that and then you know crushed leg pregnant wife bought a house so the comic shop became lower on his list of priorities um but as far as the 
the temperature of the store, you know, the Elon for all of his success and, and for making this, you know, creating the store out of whole cloth towards the end of his run, he was losing interest. You know, he had, he had a woman out in the Seattle area and that's why he wanted to sell the store so he could move out with her. So he just kind of like, I'd come in on a Sunday and he still hadn't done the polls from Tuesday. He's like, Oh, I got to finish the polls. I'm like, what are you talking? You got the books on Tuesday. It's Sunday. You haven't really. Um, Scott, like I said, was a bit distracted by Highlander, but Scott put in a lot of work. I mean, he brought in his Highlander crew and they painted everything and, and tidied everything up. And, um, and Matt came in strong, but then he kind of, he's not as much of a person as I am. And he doesn't drink. So of course, you know, it's going to be a rough day when he can't even have a cocktail at the end of it. But, uh, he, he developed a reputation of like, he just, he couldn't wait to not be here. You know, he'd have me here. He'd have Justin here. Um, he just wasn't engaged with it. He, he liked the store more as a, a way to get the stuff he wanted for himself. And the customer was always second place. You know, it's like, well, I only have one of these and I want it. So I'm not going to sell it to that guy, which is fine. It's, it's the way he's wired. You know, it served him well enough. And as far as me, I don't know, man. That's up to somebody else to judge how the hell this store is these days. But people seem to like it. I'm picking up new people all the time. Uh, it's almost almost every day that I'm open, somebody's in here for the first time. And nothing makes me happier than somebody saying, holy crap, this place is so cool. Like this place, is, you know, it's like, oh, man, I've never been to a shop like this. I, I, I try to treat it like an underground record store, even though we're way, way above ground on the second floor. <laughs> You know, but I try to give it that kind of, this is going to sound so dumb, but that punk rock vibe, you know, you can go to stores that are much better, much more run, more responsibly, much cleaner, much whatever. And they're cool and they're safe and they, they feel great. And it's like, Oh, look at this. And look at these, this place is more like you walk up the stairs and you're like, what the? look at that. Oh, look at this thing. What is that? Like, like that kind of, I try to make it an experience. I don't know if I'm succeeding, but you know, I know well, you paint, you, you painted that staircase and there's the black light. I mean, I've not seen it in person yet, but I'm sure oh, it's dude. quite the entrance. Some nights, honestly, I'll just like make a cocktail at the end of the night and I'll walk downstairs. And I'll just stare at the posters. Like this is so cool. And as a child of the seventies, black light posters were everywhere. Like you couldn't, you know, swing a dead cat without hitting a Zeppelin poster somewhere. So, uh, and then I have a lava lamp now because uh, some of my customers were breaking my balls. Like, you got beads in the doorway. You got the black light posters. What year do you think this is? What, are you going to get a lava lamp? I, I went out and I got a lava lamp. And I'm like, there you go. There's the lava lamp. Yeah. Nice. Well, look, as far <laughs> as I can tell, it seems like you've kept the essence of the store that, that people have loved. But you've also been able to put your own stamp on it and create that atmosphere that, again, has... And the fact that you're attracting new people is really cool. The, have they given you any indication as to how they found the store or what, what motivated them to come in? Because that's kind of unusual to be picking up. The, I mean, it's good. It's great, but it's, it seems kind of unusual to be picking up that many new people, especially where you are. It's not like someone's walking right by. Right. Well, there are a few things that contribute to that. One is um, Dewey's. What's it called? Dewey's Comics City, Dewey's Comics, moving from Madison to Dover, I'm the next closest store. So a lot of people who, who shop there are like, look, 
I love Dewey's and stuff. But I don't feel like driving to Dover. So, you know, I Googled you or whatever and found the closest comic shop is, is mine. So I picked up a bunch of people who have nothing against Dewey's. I feel like driving that extra however many minutes, you know. Then um, the newest thing, which I haven't seen a lot of new people yet, but Funny Books, Iowatha, for now, for the wintertime, Steve decided to be closed Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Now, I'm closed on Mondays. But I'm here Sunday and Tuesday. So let's say it's a Sunday afternoon. You want to go get some comics with your kids. That place is closed. What's the closest comic shop from there? This one. So I'm waiting to see if I get an uptick with that. Uh, the other thing is positive Google reviews. Like, I had a guy come in last week. He's like, yeah, you know, I just moved to the state and I was Googling, you know, comic shops. And he's like, you have overwhelmingly positive reviews. And now there are a few negative ones, but they're from... They're from years ago. So, you know. Um, and then the YouTube videos, your documentary, obviously, you know, um, yeah, a bunch of different little factors. But I am new people all the time. And now, even if somebody signs up and all they want every month is, I've got like one box holder, all she gets every month is Looney Tunes. That's it. Cool. Good. Here's your box. You know, like I, I, I'm actually running out of space. For box holders, I'm gonna have to build some sort of cabinetry or something to uh, to accommodate everybody, which is not a bad problem to have. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Uh, no, I, I love to hear that. And as far as the owners, I appreciate the breakdown you gave. Obviously, people will hear from Elon in the next episode. I've always gotten the sense Scott keeps a bit of a lower profile, uh, but there might be an opportunity in the final episode of this event to hear from. A bunch of people. We'll, we'll maybe we'll talk off mic about that, but I, I want to create an opportunity <laughs> for those who, who wish to be heard. Uh, but I've always gotten the sense he kind of keeps a little bit of a lower profile. And Matt actually yeah, sent Scott, me. Scott is like, he, um, yeah, he, uh, he doesn't enjoy the spotlight very much. You know? Well, you enjoy it enough for everybody. So it's all right. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. No, it's good. It's a good thing. Don't make me, get it. Don't make me break out the puppets, man. <laughs> and Matt actually sent me a, a very lovely Facebook message saying how happy he was that I was doing this project and how much he loves Moose and you personally and how proud he is of you. So uh, in, in some way, shape or form, I, I like to think all, all four of the owners are represented in this event. And you mentioned the puppet video. So my, the last question, again, just as, as far as your well-being, <laughs> on the physical side, you know, I know you, met, you know, mentioned tossing and turning in your sleep, and I know you probably don't get as much of it as you would like. Are you at least remembering to eat? Because I know that's something we've talked about in the past where that wasn't always happening. I, I finally got a microwave for the store. So I got a little microwave. It sits on top of the fridge. I got some frozen dinners and stuff. Um, I'm still sometimes not well as i should or as often as i should you know um but it's not on purpose it's just i i I'm just i've never had a big appetite and uh but i i right before we did this recording i i had a nice uh with meat sauce although I, ironically it was lean cuisine which is dumb because i'm lean enough as it i lost all that weight but all they had at the store was lean cuisine like hey fair fair enough but no, I, I, I've been eating, I've been, you know, trying to drink more water and that, you know, it's just, I forget, I forget that I'm a human being that needs to fuel myself and, you know, so some days I'll wake up and just feel completely awful and I go, oh, right, 
eat a cliff bar, drink a bottle of water. And within an hour, I feel fine. You know, it's just, yeah, I'm not like you, man. I'm not, I'm not a healthy guy. Look, look at those gums on you. I know this is purely audio for the, the people listening. But we're video chatting right now. Look at them arms. Man. I got a good workout in actually before we sat down to do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> still coming down from that pump. Don't give me too much credit. But honestly, the nutrition, that is one of the main things that I've learned in, in my journey here. The nutrition is really the biggest part. I mean, yes, getting in there and moving that weight around, but nutrition's uh, key. So I'm, I'm glad, you know, if you're staying on top of that and I know your customers will help oh, you I'm out not. and bring you food. I'm totally, totally not. <laughs> well, you have the microwave, at least that's one step in yeah. the right direction. And then I'm trying these YouTube videos. If anyone hasn't checked out the Fat Moose Comics oh, YouTube channel, please do. And they're getting, I mean, they're very experimentally bringing in puppets. <laughs> I think I, I, I shot myself in the foot with that because once I started with the puppets, now if I do just a video without them, be like we're sharky where are the pup what what happened so now i've doubled down i've i've gotten like five new puppets um made their debut the uh, annoying customer horse and um sister mary punch a lot the angry angry nun who beats the horse every time he annoys me but i, I have a chicken puppet i haven't quite used yet i've got um a venom puppet that i've been experimenting with as far as doing voices the problem is <laughs> The more puppets I get, everybody needs their own voice. I'm out of voices. <laughs> I had a customer yesterday or Sunday, Scott. He was like, hey, you're out of voices, aren't you? He goes, a couple of those puppets sound pretty similar. I'm like, well, I'm not Rich Little. I'm not an impressionist. Like, I, you know, uh, the puppets, it, it's, and again, you know, being a performer my whole life, being a musician, being class clown, whatever, not having a lot of gigs, not only from the pandemic, but also, you know, just being here so much. It's my little performance art. It's my little, you know, and, and I've been enjoying using my little $7 editing program to throw in voices and effects and things. You know, you love editing. You know how it is. You yeah, can really sure. change the flavor of something based on how you edit it. And I was going to upgrade and get a better program and, and do more professional effects and things. And I thought, no, you know what? In keeping with the style of the store being this friggin' weird and DIY, like I kind of like the aesthetic of videos don't always necessarily make sense. Or the, you can see uh, there's a puppet, but you see my big dumb head in the background. You can see like the top of my head as I'm bending under a table at 49 years old trying to make puppet voices. And yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I love it. I always, I'm so happy when I do one and get it finished and then. I'll watch it a dozen times and Nicole always says, what do you like? So in love with yourself, you got to watch these videos over. I go, no, no, no. I'm watching them over and over to see what works and what doesn't, you know, and, and what gets. And the last video I did, I showed it to her before I released it. She giggled twice, which is huge praise because she doesn't think I'm very funny at all. <laughs> so for her to actually like snicker twice during the video, I was like, oh my God, this is my proudest moment since I became class clown in eighth grade, you know. Nice. Very, very nice. Well, listen, I think that will do it for us for part one of Oldest in New Jersey. Next month, we have a conversation with Elon, the founder and original owner. The month after that, for part three, we have Phil and Gene, two longtime members of the Fat Moose Herd. And then, of course, Sean will be back for part four. And for that episode, we'll be recording that after the Big Bash in April. So we'll talk all about whatever ends up happening for that <laughs> celebration. I have no idea, man. 
whatever but, happens, it's going to be uniquely my kind of thing for, for, for good or for ill. It's you know, that, yeah, that was Sean's party. Definitely. You know? Yeah. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. To any of the listeners, whether you're familiar with fat moose or not, if you're available and, and able to come, I, I encourage you to, I'm sure it'll be a blast. Where should they follow for updates? The fat moose Facebook page. Is that the best place? Yeah, I really should, you know, join the rest of the world and do Instagram and, and I don't know, TikTok or whatever the hell. But I do, I do Facebook and then the YouTube channel, you know, with the puppet videos. <laughs> Listen, you're 50. You're the people are lucky you're on Facebook and YouTube. What more do they want? I Right, right. My God, you're lucky I'm not just mimeographing the, the pull lists every week. Now, I feel that way too. Uh, you know, a former guest of this show, Zach Walliner, he messaged me recently and he was encouraging me to do TikTok. And his, his, his I, I don't disagree with him. It, it probably would make sense to do, but it's like, I just, I don't know that I have the bandwidth as much as I hate that phrase. But it's like, I just don't know that I have that in <laughs> me like right now. I do Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, but but any in any event, if people want to keep up with uh, the, your store generally, and especially with the April anniversary celebration, yes, they should check out Fat Moose Comics on Facebook. And YouTube. And YouTube, yes. Because puppets. Puppets. There you go. <laughs> well, listen, it's always a pleasure. We always have, it's always so much fun when we do this. So thank you for your time. I will let you go. I'll let you go home and hopefully get some rest. I'll probably be up till, you know, three in the morning as usual. Well, Hopefully you can, hopefully you can get a little bit more sleep than that, but, uh, but thank you. And I look forward to the bash and I look forward to uh, recording part four of this with you. Thank you as always to the audience. Make sure you come back next month for part, part two. And until then, don't be a flat squirrel. Support the show and receive exclusive bonus episodes at patreon.com slash Anthony Desiato. Check out my Superman podcast, Digging for Kryptonite, a Superman fan journey, available on all major podcast platforms. And be sure to watch the documentary film My Comic Shop Country on Amazon, Apple TV, and CuriosityStream.